30 years, I served the local church as a pastor. And one of the most frequently asked questions I would get would be, Pastor, how do I, can I study the Bible and learn the Bible better? One of my passions is to help people study the Bible so, so that they can connect with God and people better. Welcome to Understanding Scripture with Dr. J Podcast. My name is Jimmy, and I'm the host with you on this journey. Today, we're going to be looking at James chapter 1, verses 19 through 27. If you've not read these verses yet, would you just hit pause and take a few moments to read the scripture so that you can, can follow along with us a little bit. When you read these verses of scripture, I, I kind of kind of put a heading on this as hearing and doing the word of God. Now, if you'll remember from earlier podcasts, I, I, I taught you that every passage in the Bible has at least four dynamics that the writers of the Bible assume you know. And you've got to consider these four dynamics if you want to properly understand the scripture. One is culture, which is the accepted values and language of that day. History, the Bible is God's revelation in a specific time and place. Land or geography. And then spirituality. Looking at those four dynamics helps you to understand the words of the Bible in the context of the Bible. In this portion of scripture, these verses, James shows a, a progression of practically living out Christianity. The progression begins this way, quick to listen, then it moves to slow to speak, then it moves to slow to become angry, and then finally to do what God's telling us to do. So in this episode, you're going to ex we're going to explore this progression, which is the center of James's theology. And I, quite frankly, think it should be the center of your theology as well. That you learn the difference between just hearing God's word and doing God's word. So when I break up Bible study, I, I begin with what I call the author's lens. And I'm asked, trying to answer the question, what did the scripture mean to the original author and audience? So as you explore in, uh, information on the author and the content, the history, the culture, the land, the language of the Bible, then you gain an, a better understanding of what God intended, the intended message of God's word. Remember in verses 4, 1 through 6, James begins to, by telling us that, that they are going to have trials and tests. Same with you and me today. Verses 7 through 12, James continues with the thought of, of what here are the rules for facing trials. And then verses 13 through 18, James shows us the difference between trials and temptations. In these verses, James continues and, and he, he wants to show the difference between just hearing God's word and doing God's word. In the previous verses, James reminds us that the things in life which will create a bottleneck for the external word of God moving into our internal actions. So he lists several things that will cut down on us having receptivity of God's words. James is telling us that, that there can be a strong interference, things in our own life personally that keep the Bible from becoming a living force in our life. So he gives us a triple exhortation, James does. He says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. It's kind of like a proverb in the New Testament. If, you, if you're ready to listen, 
then one of the traits that you have to, to possess, James talks about, is the ability to control our tongue. Throughout James, James addresses the proper use of the tongue, which is foundational to walking according to the wisdom of God. When you are slow to anger, or when you, excuse me, when you allow anger to control you, then you end up spewing out poisonous emotional garbage out of our mouth and into and onto others, which falls short of what God intended your relationship to be in the community of faith. Anger is mixed up with, with listening and speaking. And the kind of anger here that, that James is talking about is kind of a, a, an anger that represents a deep-seated, long-lasting, long-standing resentment. Of course, when, when that is the sediment level of our life and you have a flashpoint when something jars you up, up comes that sediment, and sure enough, you become quick to speak and slow to listen. All that then takes away from the receptive mode for living out the word in your everyday life and living out what it means to be a spirit-filled person, full of love, full of joy, full of peace, full of patience, full of gentleness, full of goodness, full of kindness, faithfulness, and self-control. In verse 21, According to one commentary, the word get rid of was, was used at times in the ancient world to, to refer to taking, taking off clothes. But it occurs in the New Testament in a figurative sense of laying aside something spiritually bad, such as lying and that we see in Ephesians 4, malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander that we see in 1 Peter 2, or anything that would hold us back from following Christ fully in Hebrews 12. These actions and attitudes have the ability to corrupt the righteous standard that God desires for you as you walk in community with others. What James is telling the newborn Christian is this. You have been given a clean slate. God has given you a new nature. But in your new nature, you still, you still sometimes come with the baggage of that old life, the old person, the old nature, that excess, that ex, that that excess, the the rem, the remainder left over of the life before you came to Christ. The old nature is what you're still, you and I are still working on. Christ has saved us. He has freed us from our sins. He has cleansed us. But you and I, as Paul puts it in Romans Romans seven, are still struggling with our fleshly nature, and we're being asked to receive the Word of God. To be serious in our purpose to live the Christian life and lay aside these things which hinder our reception of God's word. What James is really doing is telling you and I that there are no automatics to the Christian life. It, it is something, the Christian life is something at which you and I have to work. We, we just can't go on cruise control in our spiritual development. It, 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 is, it is not important that we that I mean, it is important that, that we come just not knowledgeable of the word, but that we become people who live out the word. And that's what James is saying is that the Christian can't just settle down into a passivity in his life and, and go into simply a listening mode. Christianity, James is saying, is a life of action. We're to live the, our life of action. And the critical thing is not that we have a theological understanding of the Bible, that we have a linguistic understanding of the scripture, 
that we have a hermeneutical or exegetical ability to look at God's word, what is important and vital is that we have a working knowledge of the Bible. And the real problems that we have with Scripture really are not hidden in the esoteric, difficult theological issue. The real problems that I discover most people have as a pastor with the Bible are the things that are plain, which God calls us to do. That's where we get our problems. It is the flesh in us and the devil in us that wants to say, no, I don't want to do that. Notice the word word religion is used a number of times. In the language in which James writes, the word religion in this particular context was taken to mean outward performance. But real religion and pure religion before God involves three or involves these elements. Three basic elements. First is a practical application of doing the word of God. And, and, and it is a sign, a sign of doing that is controlling our tongue. Verses 1 through 19, James has been addressing the person who is going through trials and going through stress. And one of the things that happens when we've got a lot of pressure on us is that we might, in a given situation, just erupt. Something will just set us off, and we spew out a ton of speech that we really wish we hadn't have said or uh, said. So when we're under stress, especially we, we, we are to watch the matter of pure religion, including the fact that there should be a tight rein on our tongue, control that is there, and that's what James is pushing for. This is a contradiction with, with some. Uh, uh, some say, well, no, just go ahead and vent. But that's not what James is teaching. The second thing that James is teaching is that that on a practical level, Christianity says that we should have some social concern. Go back to verses 1 through 19. One of the things that happens when you're under stress is you turn tend to turn not inward and become exclusively worried about us and our concerns. And one of the things that the Lord wants to draw out of us through his word, he makes us aware of the needs of others. Knowing that 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 is a that 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 helping others is a healing act itself, and to look beyond our own world of concerns to the needs of those whose lot in life is significantly worse than ours. And then the third thing that James tells us, as we, as we're trying to be practical with the word, is that we keep ourselves unpolluted from the world. In other words, we have to have a a personal purity in our life. Again, relating back to the first 19 verses, people in stress. People are going through a lot of relational stress, things not going well with the family or in people-to-people relationships, individuals seeking relief from pressures and escapisms, and and maybe even they're, they're trying to get relief through alcohol or drugs and wrongful sex, or and they, they let their barriers down in our culture. And the scripture is calling us as believers to a life, not of escapism, not of irresponsibility, but to a life of responsibility and personal purity. So there's a war in our culture between the Christian and the non-Christian lifestyle. And while this is certainly not an in-depth analysis of what's taking place in these verses, my hope is that it would at least challenge you 
to begin to look at Scripture through the lens of culture, history, land, and spirituality. From this step and from this first step, I, um, my next step then is, is what I call my lens. And I try to answer the question, what is the Scripture saying to me? So I try to figure out what it has said to, to the right, to the people of that day. Now what's it saying to me? And I think one of the things that James sets before us in this passage is to allow the Bible to become a living word in us. He is talking to us about indispensable actions of a growing Christian. And so, again, I just, beside my Bible or in my journal, I write down things like this, verses 19 and 20, that a growing Christian is quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Verse 21, I've got written, written, a growing Christian is continually working on their old nature. Verse 22, I've got written, a growing Christian becomes a doer of God's word. Verses 23 through 25, a growing Christian does not settle into a passive lifestyle. In verses 26 and 27, a growing Christian finds practical application to God's word. Now, that's, that's what I sense. You may sense the Holy Spirit saying something differently to you. But I, I read that and I write down what I sense the Holy Spirit is saying to me during this season of my life. And after I spend some time there, I move to this third section that I, that I call, entitled the Holy Spirit Lens. How can I apply the, this scripture to my life? And so I listen to what the Holy Spirit's leading me as, as I work through what I'm, what I'm studying. And, and, and as I gain useful insights that help me apply the truth of God's word to my daily life. And as always, I start with, with the basic questions, who, where, when, why, what, how, who appears in the passage? Where is this passage taking place? When is this passage occurring? Why is this passage important? What is happening in this passage? How does this passage apply to my life? And then I circle any reoccurring words or thoughts in this passage. But here's some other questions you might consider. Describe a time in your life when the Lord revealed something from your old nature that you had to get rid of of your life. Wow, that, that could take us all a while. Describing a time in our life when the Lord revealed something from our old nature that we had to get rid of from our life. Or maybe consider this one. Describe what your relationships would look like if you would be quick to listen, slow to speak, instead of looking for your next response. And, and describe what your relationships would look like if you were slow to get angry. Or, or maybe you can answer this one. On a, on a scale of one to four, with one being the greatest and four being the least, write your, rate yourself on a, how well do you listen? A one if I'm great, a four if I'm not so great. And then write out a plan to improve. Or maybe you can answer this one. Why do you think James mentions anger as an enemy to hearing God's word? Or read verses 19 through 21 again, and, and when you read the words moral filth, what, what comes to your mind? Or read verses 20 and 21 and just kind of summarize it in your own words. Or verse 27, and why, why do you think practical religion pleases God? So after I spend some time in that section, I, I move to the final section that I call my upward and outward focus. Now that I've studied all of this, how does the scripture affect my relationship with God and others? Because we experience God's word in action as we use it to direct our journey with him and those around us. 
So two questions that I, I always answer. This is the same two questions after every time. So as a result of my studying scripture, how did these verses help me deepen my love for God? Second question, as a result of my deepened love for God, how can I practically demonstrate his, this love towards other people? Thanking you for, thank you for joining me today for Understanding Scripture with Dr. J. If you enjoyed today's podcast, would you please subscribe so you can continue to get the content? Also, if you would help me by liking us and rating us and sharing us with your friends and family. I just I hope you've gleaned something from our time together today. And may God enlighten your understanding as you begin to journey towards developing a better understanding of God's word.